This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Hope you had an incredible Hanukkah. I thought it would be nice to do a wrap-up on Hanukkah and also an interlude into the new month and the Jewish calendar and talk about some of the great ideas that Hanukkah expresses and how as we use them to move forward. In other words, it's not good enough to just go through a holiday and have a nice holiday because good is subjective, meaning when you have good in a moment and you don't harness it, it's hard for it to parlay into more good moments and have more good experiences. So I want to talk a little bit about that and kind of express myself on how I use the momentum of a holiday to propel myself into higher levels of being, or for that matter, just being a better version of myself continuously so I can grow and that growth extends to all areas of my life, both in my job as a rabbi, but also as a parent and a husband. It's always important to constantly look at yourself as somebody who can grow and add more and not be confined to the little box that we create for ourselves. So as a rabbi, it's important for me to do that every holiday personally. And now with this microphone, I think maybe it's important to start sharing that process with other people as well so they could also see the holiday, not just in the vacuum of nice traditions or the vacuum of good events and parties, but taking that goodness and taking it with them into the next month and the next year and getting stronger and greater for it. We just started the new month of Teves. Teves is known in the Torah as the 10th month of the year. In the Torah, it doesn't actually say the names of each month, but it calls them by a number. And month number one is the holiday of Passover. That month of Nisan is actually month number one. So Kislev that we just finished with Hanukkah in it, that was month nine. And Teves coming up, which we're just in the beginning, we're on day four of Teves, is the 10th month. Now, nine and 10, of course, are connected just by being sibling numbers, but it goes a little deeper than that. It's doing a little research on the number nine. And I learned that there is something called the Mutskin number. Mutskin is the Hebrew version of my name, Mutchkin. So I think it's pretty cool that there's a distant family relative that has a number named after him. The number, or the Mutskin number, represents, as I understood it from Wikipedia, how many intersecting points can be made in a circle, with nine being a prominent number. Who knew, huh? Nice to know that I have a mathematical strain in my uh, DNA. So nine, or last month, the month of Kislev, which was the ninth month, there's uh, a lot of interesting things about that month. For starters, in Kabbalah, it's considered the month of dreams. Maybe it's because during the month of Kislev, we read the portions talking about Jacob and Jacob's sons, his 12 sons, and uh, and going down to Egypt. In other words, it's all about the, the approach to how the Jewish people came to Egypt and then the highlight of Jewish life leaving Egypt. And it's a highlight because Egypt means, from Hebrew to English, means limitations. So it's about leaving limitations. And that's a constant journey of leaving Egypt or leaving our limitations. So on this journey, nine is the dreamlike state. And I thought about this dreamlike state very often this month because, as I was saying, Joseph is a dreamer, Jacob is a dreamer. The Jewish people begin with this notion that dreams have power. But the power that they have is not obvious in the moment. And it's also why we don't look at our dreams necessarily as um, 
action oriented ideas. You don't wake up in the morning from a dream and interpret it into being something that you have to change your life. We have to live in reality. But dreams are all about putting the focus on reality, how the most important thing is our reality. And when we have dreams, we're able to go beyond our reality to create a greater reality. So maybe we'll do a podcast on just dreams at some point. But there are nine dreams mentioned in these portions during the month that is month number nine. Interesting to see them add up together. So I was thinking about the ninth month, the nine dreams, and Hanukkah being the number eight. And how maybe the whole secret of eight, which is transcendence, is to get to nine. So what is nine? What is eight? So I built it up this year in Hanukkah. Each night I tried to post on Instagram a little bit about, a little message about each number. I started off, I'll go through them quickly. Uh, Night number one, we called one the power of positivity or gratitude because one is inclusive that there are other numbers as well. When you say only one, you mean nothing. But when you say one, you are automatically saying that there are more numbers to be had. So what is positivity? What is gratitude? Is knowing that what you have is good and there's more to come. Being able to start off Hanukkah on the right foot. And the power of positivity is truly the way to start any new journey. So that was the number one of Hanukkah. Number two was duality. Duality puts the focus on our choices. We're constantly looking at two things or at choices for what we have from eating and clothing to living, etc. Everything is about choice. So the power of choice needs to be harnessed and thought about what do I do with this great, incredible power of choice? Number three was about stability. It says on three pillars, something can stand. In other words, the minimum pillars for something to have true stability is three. The world stands on three things, says Ethics of Our Fathers. So three is about stability or For that matter, the stability of where you launch from, a very important number in Jewish tradition is three. It creates this stable environment from where we can emanate from. Number four, or night four in this case, was about balance. Yes, it's half the menorah, but it's also more than half the menorah. It's half the journey towards eight, towards towards this idea of, of, of connection to something higher than yourself or beyond what you see currently. So everything in life needs balance. So four was about thinking, what type of balance do I have in my life and do I create in my life? And everything in this world, if you don't want to be over the line or beyond the line, you don't want to be in a box, but you don't want to be outside without any path whatsoever, you need balance. It's the number four. The number five was about breaking through. The letter for five is hey. Hey is all about breaking through. And being, what does it mean to break through? We're in Venice. You break on through to the other side. But breaking on through means that I'm breaking out from just my physical condition and I'm entering the realm of spirituality. Because spirituality, by definition, is something outside of yourself. So five is the breaking the balance towards finding more in this world, which of course then leads you to once again needing to make balance, which is number six. Six is about this balance of body and soul or the intellectual connection between mind and emotion. Six is also the primary emotions that can only be understood through intellect. So once again, we reach a balance point, but this time it's on the other side where spiritual and physical come together. Seven is all about self-worth. Seven is the number of nature. And in order for nature to really feel itself, there needs to be dignity. Once one, one important feature of seven is Shabbat. Shabbat is always on the seventh day. The reason for it being on the seventh day is because seven and nature represent your place within it. 
So a whole week, you can forget it by being focused on work and on production and being able to see what comes from you. But one day a week, the seventh day of the week, Shabbat, maybe the secret to the universe is having a day that is all about self-worth, that I have an inner self-worth. Just being me matters, not what I produce. It's not my about it, my external value, but my internal worth. So very important to have every week this constant cycle where you get to seven, where you see yourself and your self-worth within nature. And then we get to number eight, the highest night of Hanukkah, known as the line, this is Hanukkah, because eight is transcendence. In Jewish tradition, we don't see the world as a circle, but as a spiral. And the spiral of transcendence is to constantly, you do repeat things and you do get to higher levels, but they're always completely above what it was before. So eight is the spiral of growth. So when you say infinity or transcendence, when you say it in lofty terms that they're not connected to you at all, then really you have no connection to infinity. Then you have no connection to transcendence. But we are dreamers and we do think about great things beyond ourselves. People come up with ideas that generations later are proven to be something that can be handled and manifest and harnessed. So the number eight transcendence is really about how we integrate all of our growth and all of our goodness and being able to find ourselves and lift ourselves to a new level. And when we reach that new level, recognizing how we can emanate light again and grow again and repeat the pattern of growth. So this constant growth is part of the cycle of the menorah. So when we say Hanukkah is about celebrating through light, essentially what we're saying is, is that we know that Hanukkah was about a war and fighting for our independence and our freedom. But the war wasn't just so we can be free. The war was so we can get back to spreading light, to spreading goodness. Because when a person has to just be like everyone else, and the, the idea of being like everyone else, being subject to what other people tell you how to be and how to think, you don't get to transcendence. And without transcendence, it's hard to bring new ideas into this world. So new ideas are very important for an individual to strive towards greatness without newness, and without a form of change, you can't really have a, a deep feeling of your place within everything. So how does one find their place in this world and find their place as a Jew in the modern world? So Hanukkah has the most incredible story to tell. The story to tell is that there was a time where the Jewish people, even with their temple, struggled to find their place in the new emerging modern Hellenist world of Greek culture. And what was Greek culture? Greek culture was this idea of worshiping the self independent of the, of the divine spark within everything. So a divine spark is represented in Jewish numbers as 10, and it's represented by the letter Yud. Yud is the pinnacle spark within each person. In God's name, the highest name begins with a Yud, Yud representing that, that tiny spark that all life comes from. In Big Bang terminology, it would be that tiny dot of where all things begin and multiply. So for us, the idea of 10 isn't just complete, it's also the idea that from any spark, from any amount of energy, can be produced more energy, that each thing has within it everything. So how do we get to that 10? Hanukkah stops at eight, this idea of, of, of growth and of exponential growth, but how do we get to 10, this idea of finding that yud within you, that spark of divinity within you, so the letter in between 8 and 10 is, of course, 9. 9 is a very interesting number because 9, on the one hand, represents goodness. 
But on the other hand, goodness is subjective. Sometimes something good happens to you, but you don't know it was good till much later. So good doesn't necessarily mean that you know that it's good. On Rosh Hashanah, we constantly say, Happy New Year, you should have a good year and a great year, and more importantly, you should have a sweet year. The reason why we say sweet is so that good should be revealed. You should have revealed goodness in your life. Because if I just say have a good year, you don't always have the goodness that you're looking for. But what's really interesting to me is, is that you don't really see the connection of having a good year towards breaking through of all challenges and being able to have that goodness till 10 days later on Yom Kippur, on the 10th day of the month. So the idea is, is that from nine to go to 10 is really the idea of exposing goodness as not subjective goodness, but that you understand that the goodness is good for you and good for the world. That connection between eight, the personal transcendence, and 10, the wholesomeness and feeling of being somebody who's complete and together and really understands their mission in this world is nine, is how you interpret goodness. So how you see the menorah and how you see the idea of goodness that's happening in your life and how you take control of what's happening around you is the nine to the 10, is the connection between Hanukkah and bringing that message into the world. This repeats itself constantly of how I learn to see my goodness is how I learn to connect to the world around me. And the daily prayer of the Shema, Shema meaning to internalize, the prayer goes to a second chapter known as the Vahaya Im Shemoa, if you will internalize, if you will listen. And the gist of the message on the daily routine of saying this is, is that it says, if you see the world from God, you will have blessings. And if you don't see the world from God, you will have challenges. I've always looked at that and internalized that as, if I see the world emanating from a place of divinity, that means that each thing has a mission and a purpose, then the bad can be good. Because even the bad, it's only bad in the moment, but if potentially we harness it and develop it, and expose something more happening there, then we can not only see it as not bad, but as and look at the good that's derived from it. Or simply at the minimum, it's bad, but I can still make it as good as I can make it, and I can still get through this and persevere. Now, however, if I don't see the world from a divine point of view, then ultimately I don't see a purpose in everything, or everything having an individual mission. And there is, there is subjective truth once again. And when that happens, once again, we're faced with the reality that not everything is good, not everything can be good, and it could be that you're just uh, not making it. So not only your bad is bad, but even the good that you have, you're looking at it from a sour point of view. I love that daily idea, that daily routine of thinking about that everything has a spark of goodness that could be developed. And maybe that's the way we're supposed to see divinity in the first place, is not God and you in some anthropomorphic terms, but as in you being somebody that has a divine spark, that means you have a mission and an indispensable purpose within creation. This is the lesson of Hanukkah as it goes in from the ninth month to the tenth month. The ninth candle of Hanukkah is the month itself, the container that it's in. And it ends in the tenth month being that when we light our menorah and we see the goodness and the light that we can contribute to the world and we see our self-growth as part of the tools that we harness to have a great mission in this world, we're able to settle into 10 and see that yud, that divine spark within us, and be empowered and mission-oriented into everything we do. So I wish you an incredible amount of success 
and your journey on earth and in your taking your message of Hanukkah and bringing the light of the menorah with you so that your good times don't just stay in the past good times, but they flow in your life and you're able to get to 10 where you can use yourself to impact the world in a positive way.